0: club all right it's wednesday hump day guess what you know what time it is it is time for the club cool podcast i am your host barrett dudley and i'm joined here at permanent record studios aka the stud aka the clubhouse at the intersection of style and pop culture by longtime collaborator philip battaglia AKA Mr. Philly Cheesesteak. Yo. How's it going, Phil?
1: Uh pretty good. Thank you. Yes. Glad to be here.
0: Good. I'm glad you're here as well. So, today's podcast got a couple great segments for you. Dipped back into the to the last bag. Had a couple of unfinished unused listener questions that I still wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. So, one on the back half of the podcast is going to be all about our our picks for the most stylish TV shows and movies, very nice. Now I don't know what you have on your list yet, Phil. Mine are, are some modern, a mm-hmm. couple of more throwback style ones. So I, I, you know, I went with with kind of a broad range. Now I didn't like say something crazy like some like 1960s detective show where they, you, you know. Wore cool hats and smoked cigarettes. I didn't go that far back. Uh, I might, I you, might have you may, you reached have. that far. Okay, back. Okay, all right. So that's so that's exciting. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you got to add to that. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that conversation. I'm sure you guys will have a lot to weigh in uh, with there as well. But first, first, I'm just I'm just gonna jump right into it right here because I thought that addressing this question would be helpful for any of our new listeners or new followers that maybe have just joined this podcast, just joined this group recently, maybe you heard about it listening to Oysters, Claims, and Cockles, uh, my, the Game of Thrones podcast that I co-host with Ross Bolin, and you're checking out Club Cool and you're wondering how this all got started, why we do this podcast, uh, you know, and what, what the backstory is. So the question was obviously, why, why did I start this podcast? And I want to talk about that first right off the bat here. You ready? Right. Okay. Why are we here? Why are we here? Well, let's rewind about nine or ten months ago. Phil and I, the both good old wor- days, the good old days. Phil and I both worked for a company called Grandex, which was a hybrid media, entertainment, and retail and apparel company juggernaut. <laughs> Some would say. <laughs> and uh, about nine or ten months ago, I, you know, I was the head of product development. Phil was in sales, and most of my job. In particular, revolved around creating the custom lifestyle clothing that we were doing with our brand. And we basically pulled out of custom development of clothing. We went to a a more streamlined, more simplified model. And that left me with extra free time. And what I decided that we were what we decided that I was gonna do with that extra free time is contribute more to creating content for the media side of that business. Mm -hmm. So I had been writing like some style columns for Postgradproblems.com. I had uh, kind of long been considered like the the go-to guy for anybody in the office that had questions about style. Can I wear a brown belt with black shoes? Do these pants go with this shirt? What do I wear to this wedding? Like et cetera. Like I was like the resource. I was the main resource for that,
1: and routinely set the dress code for for company parties. <laughs> that was very yes. difficult.
0: Yes. I got flamed a couple of times because <laughs> I because I didn't do an accurate enough job of it. I, you uh, know, it was you know was, I was in between a, a rock and a, a hard spot there sometimes. But yes, I would I'd give out my recommendations, suggestions, guidelines for various company parties that we had based on the venue, right? The ty- the type of of event, whether the time it was of like year. A, the time of year, exactly. Um, so. You know, if you can't tell, if you've listened to a few and you can't tell, I just love clothing and style and fashion as well. Like it's 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 my passion as well as what I've been able to to make a career out of, as well. Uh, so, podcasting was going to be kind of the next frontier for Grandex, and it just made sense to to have a style podcast. I'd I'd featured on various podcasts like uh, Touching Base, now circling back to do like little style segments. Um, and I thought it would, would really work to do a style focused podcast. And that's, that's how it all began. It began on the, uh, the experimental podcast feed that we had back then called Grand X labs, and then eventually moved on to its, to its own feed where we still are today, just no longer owned or operated by Grand X media. We're free. That is true. That is exactly true. Um Free and to do what we want. We are doing what we want. You know and Speaking of doing what we want, uh, we should have like a cool little announcement for you. I'm hoping by next week about uh, about who Club Cool might be partnering with very soon. Uh, I w- let's talk about the name really quickly because this was also this was I, I still like the backstory of the name and, and maybe even if you've been listening for a while, you don't know it because we have not had a, uh, a roundtable discussion in a yeah. long time. but so at Grandex, you and I had a text group along with two of our other coworkers, Ross Boland and Will DeFries. And that was where we shared everything clothing, shoes, style related. Mostly it was talking it was us talking about like who got a W and who got an L yeah. on the latest Yeezy drop. Uh-huh. That was That has since ceased. It has since ceased, yes. But but that it kinda of started as that and then like bubbled into like all sorts of other stuff and and Different shoes, different clothing, different sales going on—just like a whole bunch of stuff. And at one point, I just—you know—you can name a text group anything you mm-hmm. want to, and I just named that text group Club Cool. Not really yeah. any thought behind it. I just thought it was like apropos for for the stuff that we were talking about. And uh, so, when it came time to came time to name the podcast, you you guys, you the three of you are, are who I expected to like kind of regularly have. On to talk about this stuff with me, and we did for for what was you know the remaining months of of Grand X there. Uh, and Club Cool was at the forefront of my mind for naming the podcast. The other option was the Finer Things Club. <laughs> was were, it really? Yeah, which was a re- is a reference from The Office. Yeah, as you might know, Angela uh-huh. and Oscar and Pam yeah have the Finer Things Club. Who will? Oh, and Toby, they won't let Kevin join. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So I I think that was actually the front runner for a while. But I went on iTunes and I looked, you know, I searched mm-hmm. Finer Things Club and there was already a podcast named The Finer Things Club. Doing what? It was a podcast about the office. <laughs> oh. Is it <laughs> still around? So it, I I sincerely doubt it. I haven't looked in a long time, but they had it hadn't recorded a new podcast in like four or six months, and this was nine, ten months ago. Uh-huh. And they had only done maybe four. And I, oh, I don't want to be mean, but it was very amateur. Like okay. it was not a very good podcast. Unlike th- this is a professional operation, uh, semi-professional. I very, would say I would say we're very professional, <laughs> fine-tuned. Um, but that was enough to kind of kill that name for me. Yeah, just because I didn't wanted to get it to confu- I didn't want it to be confused. With that podcast, if it if that one ever like continued, I didn't want people to search for it and see both of those. Oh no! And I didn't want it to be, uh, you know, somebody to hear the name and automatically think that it was an office-based podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had Club Cool in the back pocket. I had already kind of had ideas for Club Cool, like like I felt like it was a name that lent itself well to merch. I also thought it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, a little bit like ironic, and that. Inherently calling something cool makes it not that cool. Right. Um, And that's what we went with. So here we are at at CCP, Club Cool Podcast. And speaking of of the length of time about about how professional we are, it feels like we've been doing this for a lot longer than we have, to me. For real. I mean, it feels
1: like um, years ago, when you first had me on to discuss my first trip to get this tattoo done, yeah. And I'm about to depart tomorrow for what is probably going to be the final touches. Yeah. I That's, mean, that seems like years it,
0: ago. It really does. It feels like we've been doing this yeah. for like a, at least 2 years, more like 3. Yeah. And that was not even a year ago. I'd never been in front of the mic. I was nervous. Was that your first time on the mic? I believe it was. I may I have it been it on touching too. base for something may, okay. I, I don't yeah. it, I don't know. It, you may have hopped on touching base after because one, yeah. one time on the mic for, in Club Cool, and you were like a certified natural. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, the people were automatically begging for for more Phil Bell. Um, yeah. So that's how this all got started. And like I said, it, this is really not long at all. Like one of my favorite podcasts over at The Ringer called The Watch, like they've been doing it for seven years. Incredible. Simmons has been doing podcasts for 10 years Joe Rogan's been doing podcasts for 10 years now. like it, you know those were obviously early people out on the on the you know the precipice of this frontier, mm-hmm. if you will. But I guess it just makes me think about like really in the grand scheme of things about how new this podcast is overall. right and therefore, how much untapped potential there is with this podcast
1: You're ju- I mean, it's just hitting its stride. I think you know I think so. And, and and with the announcement next week that is potential announcement,
0: should be able to 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 get a, gl- a little bit of a glow up. right, people are saying. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so big things. We hope so. you know horizon. I always
0: wanted and I always wanted to to bring on more guests. That's something that I should have a little bit more time going forward with now that the commitments to recording approximately six hours worth of Game of Thrones podcasts is is <laughs> uh, you know will will cease here. And don't I mean also continue listening to OCC? That one will just be shifting into a broader TV and film and entertainment podcast that I'm also really looking forward to. But it won't be three episodes a week anymore. Yeah, and there will be more time to try to like, you know, get the wheels moving a little bit quicker on this one here. And speaking of getting those wheels moving, that's where you and by you I mean all of the listeners, all of the followers of of Phil and I and of the Club Cool podcast can help. You can help by becoming a patron of our Patreon account. Go to Patreon.com/slash/clubcool. It is a two-dollar per month commitment, and if you go sign up right now, it's completely free. You will not get charged until June first. I no, believe it is. It's prorated. It's pro. It's very nice. Yeah. So you, you'll get the ne- you'll get the rest of May for free. And there's already a lot of there, there's already chatter. In there, which is what I'm looking forward to most about our Patreon community. Mm-hmm. So there's already been posts about from from listeners, by the way, from about uh, about summer suits. People have talked about sneakers. People have talked about the new John Elliott Lebron mm-hmm. uh, collaboration sneaker that just popped up. Somebody asked about uh, bachelor parties in Austin. About like what type of dress codes are are typical at bars and restaurants mm-hmm. around here? Like there's already like that type of thing is is starting to bubble a little bit and i think you know that's kind of what you'll get for your $2 at least right now is basically a direct line to Phil and I like i try to do my best with the DMs mm-hmm. but they stack up i don't always see them sometimes you have like a pressing question if it's a wedding that's coming up this weekend and i don't like i don't i don't see your question until your event has already happened i get an email if anybody posts about club cool or a, a, makes a post on the club cool patreon oh nice I go str- and I can go straight to it and like type yeah. type in a quick response. There you go. Uh, when we do release new merch, anybody that is a member of the Patreon is going to get a discount code that I promise you will be worth more than your than your monthly two dollars as well. So if that's something that you're interested in, your two dollar like that that subscription is going to pay for itself when we do uh, when we do a T-shirt. Hopefully, pretty soon here. This cup of
1: n- very nice turmeric tea. You
0: love. You're a real turmeric boy. I am days, a real yeah. turmeric
1: boy. Cost three fifty. Yeah. Okay. So the, it's totally worth the two. I I re, I would like to return this, get my money back, and then join the Patreon. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I'd still have a dollar fifty left. Fill it out. up with water and yeah. go over there and just say I'd like to return this. Yeah. And see see what just happens. See what happens. You never know. But yeah, this is a, 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 in addition to you know supporting the podcast and and getting feedback from from Phil and I and being able to contribute and and be a part of the Patreon community. There's stuff to pay for. The studio time is not free. In fact, it's 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 kind of expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to be able to compensate Phil with more than just the, the my you know company, my presence. It's not enough. Um, I got to pay for these these you got to pay for those teas. turmeric teas, man. Uh, I want to be able to contract like graphic designers to do new logos and and cool graphics for merch. So, if you want to be a part of the continued growth of this podcast, if you want to see bigger and better things. Coming out of the clubhouse, coming out of the stud, then go to patreon.com/slash club patreon.com/slash clubcool. Join the community, get in there, get in that clubhouse, start posting. One thing that I will also do for you later today or this evening, it's sale season. Yes, it is. Almost every sale has officially popped. Mm-hmm. Matches Fashion, Barney's, Need Supply, Essence. Uh where Farfetch. Farfetch. Yes. The only one that hasn't popped really. The only big one that hasn't popped is Mr. Porter. And mm-hmm. they always wait. They're always the last one. They is do that right. Yeah. They do their little like last week they did a private sale mm-hmm. for like if basically if you've if you've bought something from Mr. Porter in the last few months, you get mm-hmm. included in the private sale and you get early access to like thirty percent off some some products. Right. But then they don't go full public sale. Pretty much until almost all, until these sales like start winding down. But one of you guys asked about like what are my picks from the essence sale, and I'm going to put those up on the Patreon. Ooh, account that's valuable today, uh, just so you can see you know what type of crazy shit I'm looking at and say, oh my god, why do you want that? I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. Um, but yeah, we can start a conversation about that, and I'd, I'd love to know what you guys are are kind of eyeballing as well. And so you know, that's the type of stuff that. Uh, that you can expect from the Patreon as well. And you know, I, I might do something like if you if you don't want to do the two dollars a month, I might post my picks on the Patreon, let it be on the Patreon for a week, mm-hmm. and then move it over to the website or right. something. So there's some added benefit there sure. it's for, valuable content. for the, the, the patrons, the the uh, you know the Patreon community.
1: I would pay for that list, by the if way. If you will. I want to hear what you've <laughs> okay. got.
0: All right. Well, yeah. You you can follow up with, with uh with yours. I mean I know number one is the, the golden goose sneaks. And they're on sale and, they're on and I
1: almost pulled Trig, but they're out of my size, and I'm very thankful for that because the last thing I need to be doing right now is dropping <laughs> three fifty on some sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> but I would have done it. If they were in my size, I was ready. I was yeah. in the mode. Ooh,
0: man, dangerous stuff. What is it, what you got? You you need a forty or a forty one in those? Forty. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You never know. Just stuff pops back up yeah, on I know. sale too. I know. So, and de- definitely pay attention.
1: By the way, Golden Goose shoes do run, for me, typically a size too big. If you're a 41, drop down to a 40.
0: That's interesting. I'm, I'm very true to size on those. Yeah, it's probably because yeah. my feet are the
1: slimmest little it's things. Those, it's those
0: narrow ankles of yours. They're,
1: I mean, the babiest <laughs> of ankles. And
0: the narrowest of feet. It's crazy. All right. But before we move on, I want to tell you about Away Luggage. Because this is first-class luggage at a coach price. Phil, I just got my new Away bag, and I've got a trip coming up here in June. I'm going for, a, for about a week to the beach in North Carolina. Uh-huh. We've got a, little, got a little weekend in Charleston before that. And the, I, honestly, the piece of the trip that I'm most excited for is just getting to pack in this new Away wow. bag. Uh, I went with the bigger carry-on, uh-huh. which is like the it's, – it's, here's my thing. I, you know me. I'm an, of course I'm an overpacker. Right. How could I not be? But I also like to not check a bag, if at all possible. It's tough. It is po- it is tough, especially for a week long. But the bigger carry-on is perfect because it's basically the biggest size you can get uh-huh. and still have it fit in the overhead. Right. Uh, I went for the green colorway, uh-huh. which it's not called this, but I'm going to call it this. It, it looks like a Land Rover. That's the type of green it is. Okay. Very, very classy. Just the classiest color at that, a coach I, that, price. that I think you can get. It's first classy, to mm-hmm. be specific, at a coach price. And Away, man, they just have an awesome mission. They were a team of thinkers, seekers, designers. They, you know, their inspiration comes from movement, times of transition, exploration, and surprise. And, you know, they basically thought about all the things that were wrong with luggage. Sticky wheels, no power, too easy to overpack. And they they fixed all of that. So Away bags use high-quality materials. They have the power charging. That alone arguably the most important piece of it. That, that sold me. That your on, phone that your phone's not gonna die if Incredible. you're carrying an away piece of luggage. Incredible. Uh, they've got uh, it comes with a bag for your dirty laundry. It's got like all sorts of straps that really like compress and tighten down all your stuff. And this thing comes with a lifetime warranty. Really? Yes. If anything breaks, away will fix or replace it for you for life. You also get a one hundred day trial. Live with it vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it, take it on the plane, chunk it up there, put it down below if you want, let it roll down the conveyor belt. You got a hundred <laughs> days with this thing. Free shipping on any Away order within the lower 48 states. Wow. That is right. So for $20 off of one of these suitcases, visit awaytravel.com cool and use code cool at checkout. That's 20 bucks off of a suitcase awaytravel.com slash cool. Use promo code cool. This will be the best suitcase you've ever had. Okay? So check it out. All right, Phil. We back. Back for the uh, <laughs> the second half of our, of our discussion today. And again, this was a prompt from a listener that I think is fantastic. They wanted to know what we thought were the most stylish TV shows and movies Man, out there. Great listeners. I
1: mean- the cool kids.
0: It con- is. Contributing yeah. constantly. They, they really, they really, really really are. And by the way, we very much appreciate that because sometimes I run out of ideas. Um, the listener's suggestion here, the one that, that they kind of like had on their list is Master of None. Yeah. And so I decided that that is where we would start. Okay. Because Aziz Ansari, star of Master of None, mm-hmm. easily a guy that could have been on our style icons list. Yeah, yeah. He is out there representing for the small dudes. He really is. Such as Phil and I. How tall is he? Does anybody know? The internet, I believe, says that he is, I, do, I think he's 5'8", but let's see what the internet says.
1: I'm hoping um, he's sub
0: 5'8". You know, people love it. They they talk about uh, how much they love it when we Google things on the podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> While we take a minute. This is now. Uh, so, so, you know, just wanted to throw this in here. Okay, Google says he's 5'6". Perfect. Great. So am I. Yeah, even better. My Wikipedia page has me at five foot seven, but I'm really that's that is smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah, got to go so up. So he could easily be five foot five. <laughs> by yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Um. He's a small dude. Uh huh. And he dresses very, very, very well for his size. He never like he. You can tell he's a small guy, but nothing ever like he knows his fit so well and he wears like more shrunken suits uh-huh. and like clothing that just really really works for his frame. And so he never looks he never looks like swallowed in clothing. He never looks small if right. you will. Right. Right. And, and I mean like smaller than he is as uh-huh. a, you know, relatively small frame guy. Yeah. Uh I also share an affinity with him for the SLP L01 leather jacket. He wears it a lot in the first season of Master of None. The holy grail it is of still spirits. it is still the Holy Grail yeah. for me. It, that I now just an aside. It, it's been really, really weird because that desire is fading a little bit. Is it really? It is for that specific jacket.
1: Mine has only increased for the John Elliott. For the John Elliott, because I'm so terrified that it's just going to go away. That's what will happen. I'll finally get to the point where I can get it, <laughs> and he'll just
0: continue it. But see, I'm equally, I'm equally concerned that if I can, if I finally can get it. And then I'm going to get it, and then I'm going to be like, "This I, I needed this five years ago." Uh, you know no, what
1: I mean? no, no, no. That jacket, you're, it, you're, yes. Even is, if
0: it go, let's say that the it wanes a little bit. And, it already and, has. It's dipped. It'll come back. I think uh, yes. That is a style. The the, the moto, the double rider style yeah. of leather jacket is, you know, it's in the pantheon of like timeless pieces. Right. It does not actually go out of style. Uh-huh. But the overall kind of. Eddie Slimane, St. Laurent, like, super skinny, distressed denim, Chelsea boots, leather jacket, silken shirt, heroin chic, rock star, like, thing has waned. Yeah. So that's, you know, don't, I mean, don't get it, don't get me twisted. Like, it's still very, very high (laughs) on my list. All right, good. It's just not, uh, you know, I don't, like, go to bed dreaming about it as, as often as I used to. Um Anyway, he looks amazing in his. I don't know if he had like the sleeves like custom tailored or or you know if he was just able mm-hmm. to get Elsa uh, Saint Laurent to do it for him probably uh, he's got he's got the cash um, but yeah, man, this is an incredibly stylish show. It's shot in a really stylish way. yeah, the clothes are perfect uh, like we just talked about, especially his um, it's modern, it's hip and I especially I, I'm always attracted to shows where the city or the place is almost one of the characters, mm-hmm. and you get that in both seasons of the show. Yeah, like New York City is a character in season one, for sure. Italy is a character in season two, and both, like, like both seasons, just make me want to live in those places really, really badly. <laughs> they kind of like they they just, you know, it's glamorization in a way, but they put it at, they put it out there in a way where you're like, man, that looks amazing. Like that looks like so like, yeah, that life looks. Looks fun, looks attractive.
1: Even like when you watch shows that are that are set in New York City and the characters are having a rough time, uh, like they're not living like in a penthouse or something like right. for yes. instance, girls. Yes. I mean, even that looks great. Yes. Yeah. Being I, around all that energy. I mean, and we've been to New York several times for work and et cetera, but being able to live there I think would be would be something.
0: Yes. And that's a that's a great kind of addition to this point is there could be a TV show about, like, billionaires on a yacht, and obviously that life looks attractive and you want to be a part of it. Yeah. But this is different because it is, it's like, a depiction of a semi-realistic life. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, like you said, that's kind of the difference is that even when things are not great, even when characters go through through strife or struggles are, are aren't, you know.
1: Aren't extremely wealthy. Aren't extremely wealthy. Some like some extravagant it, life.
0: The, 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 it looks... Yeah, it's just like there's something like very alluring yeah. about it.
1: And also, shout out to Eric Wareheim, who is his yes. counterpart. I'm a huge Tim and Eric fan. If y'all yeah. don't know what that is, please look it up. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. You might be. Yeah, you might be. It is a
0: very specific style of comedy, but I I agree with you. It is. It's it's awesome. something. Some of the some of the some of the most like original stuff out there
1: yeah and i mean it obvious it, it's it's really stupid but eric obviously has range since he's doing shows like this and other things indeed uh so yeah shout out to eric Wareham, great
0: guy okay i wanted to i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna lump a few shows together here on this next one but i have in in this little you know genre here and this is the, the genre that i'm talking about is the style of the show i've got billions succession and suits and, as you may have guessed, all of these shows I'm calling are, are these are my suit shows ah very nice <laughs> original um yeah, all three of these shows have are basically like it's like suit pornography basically. <laughs> like every character on these shows is in super custom bespoke yeah. stuff that is perfectly tailored and ties that are four hundred dollars each and just right. like dress shirts that could not fit them any better. Uh, and so that's always really, really fun to see. This is an element of style that, you know, I only get, I pretty much only get to participate in when I'm invited to some type of gala or event. And even then I'm not doing like this whole, like, you know, sharky, uh, yeah. big white collar <clears throat> business world type stuff where you're just like really executing these like mm-hmm. powerful, you know, suiting looks that are meant to kind of command a presence in a room. Right. Essentially. Um, Succession has a little bit more range. Got some great cardigans in there. Mm-hmm. Cousin Greg in his parka early on <laughs> in the season is he's just great. like is is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the scene Kendall when he is when he attempts to go uh, startup tech look. He's got uh-huh. like the suit with the t shirt and he's in the limo like putting on the seven hundred dollars Lombin sneakers. <laughs> like that's all really fun to see. Uh, you know all like interesting elements of style that are included. And then the episode when, when from season one of Succession when they're in New Mexico, all just very, very well put together, uh, and well, um, just executed. well executed. Do- well executed in the in the wardrobe department of the For show. Sure. Billions very sleek and sexy. You got this Axelrod character who's like you know wearing like Megadeth t-shirts uh, in his free time. Is
1: that the guy from uh, Homeland?
0: Yes, yes it is. And then suits. Well, you know. A lot of suits in that show, and they do, and they do it pretty well. One other that I'll just throw into this list, and because it, 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 Entourage, Ari Gold stands out in my mind as a very like formative character whose style stood out to me, and 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 always has, and always will. Like when I think of Entourage. One of the places that that I go is Ari Gold in his Tom Ford sunglasses and his massive, like, huge Windsor knots yeah. <laughs> in his, uh, you know, peak lapel three piece <laughs> suits, like stomping around like a madman in those things.
1: And everybody, I mean, in two thousand and three, we were thinking, that, you know, this is dope. Everything they're doing is incredible, and we yes, weren't saying yeah. dope, by the way. Right? We I don't think we were. What were we saying? Maybe tight. Yeah, that was tight. sweet. Sweet. Yeah, I think we might have been on sweet. <laughs>
0: yeah, two thousand three was the year. of sweet. Yeah, the, well, it was a sweet
1: show. The it movie was. wasn't that great, but the show itself it did have Emily incredible. Ratajkowski in it,
0: though. Oh, that's right. So Man. you know, big fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the the characters, the 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 other characters, the the entourage, if you will. Obviously, a lot of horrendous two thousand style. Oh, dude. in there, turtle, turtle. Yes, um, indeed. Although I guess it was supposed to be cool at the time. But he I never li- like like he, he was all- like a Munson. He did. He was always too matchy-matchy with the sneakers, polos and fitted caps. Yeah. Like and- it, that that was his look as he'd wear like a royal blue polo with some royal blue limited edition sneakers and then like a royal blue Yankees New Era cap. Yeah. And that was never He was too like um
1: too like record producer looky. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess is what he was going for, but yeah. and then like Johnny Drama was always Living on the edge, dramas drama style
0: was horrific, <laughs> through and through. The rest of them looked great. I love that show. All right, give me one on your list. What you got over there for me?
1: Um, so as far as I didn't get into shows per se, I more went the the movie route. Okay. Um, ride with uh, Gosling. Drive, drive. Sorry, yes. drive. <laughs> and because he drives, he, and he drive. drives. Right. Everything about that show i I really i love like the soundtrack the whole whole look of everything um and then i I really attribute that show to the the come up of the
0: souvenir jacket 100 uh drive is a great one and just ride the fuck (laughs) stylistically when you talk about a movie as a whole like you said from the soundtrack to the way it was shot to the, the to the sets to the scenes, and then on down to the close, that movie is like top for me in my list like top five most stylish movie ever nice like it is so everything about it is so just well put together it is it's all of a singular you know like it's so specific what it was going for this, and, and, and
1: the, the soundtrack the, i mean it's not even a real it's it's a, there's hardly any like vocals in any of right. the in any of the songs and you're still into it and then and Gosling barely talks yeah great show
0: yes absolutely I, I I wish I could articulate more how I feel about the movie it but he's just flat out stylish it's like going into it's like a um
1: like a dream sequence yeah the whole thing is just real overload of colors um yeah it's a great so show. I, and I, and I can spin movie. off
0: I can spin off that one very easily because. Essentially, most of Ryan Gosling's movies are some of the most stylish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. I haven't seen that. Well, he is like in just some incredible pieces that are just like massive leather trench coats mm-hmm. with huge like fur uh, collars. And they're, they're, uh, man, I wish I could remember who designed the, those specific jackets for him. Uh, but I think. Why don't it we was, Google it? Yeah, we can probably Google it here in a minute. But I think it was somebody, <laughs> I think it was like a legit designer that did. Some of the Blade Runner stuff for him, mm-hmm. and then obviously I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Crazy Stupid Love, where that was basically—I mean, if you want to put a bow on the hashtag Menswear era, that—that's <laughs> yeah. that movie right there is it. <clears throat> uh, and he like like those looks from Crazy Stupid Love are still killer, mm-hmm. absolutely killer because he never went one of the things that we always talk about here like with in regards to like that specific era and that those looks is that it was very easy to kind of go overboard with all of the bells and whistles and customizations right and so people were doing like tie bars and pocket squares and lapel pins and cropped pants and funky socks or sockless and it's just like or you know the the uh, the collar bars like Putting together color like bars, yes. all of the little affectations together in one fit. Mm-hmm. And that was where it just like was got kind of sickening. But in that movie, Gosling focuses on Crazy Stupid Love, like his stuff is so good, primarily because one, it's custom, it's it, it's custom and it's tailoring and fits him like a glove. Two, the color is really, really interesting. He wears like suits in Crazy Stupid Love that are kind of they're not business colors right that's like emerald, maroon, brown, like really really interesting colors of suits. Uh, and then he doesn't always pair it with like a dress shirt either. he does uh, like like the kind of knit uh, banded polo look I'm into those right Under now. a suit for sure and uh, and yeah, I mean that's that, that's kind of an all timer as well. Um, what else do I have here? Let's see you want to keep it on movies. Kind of talking about drive and just general like movies being stylish in general. All of Wes Anderson's films, absolutely. Um,
1: Darjeeling Limited is one of my Darjeeling favorites. Darjeeling
0: Limited, the Royal Tenenbaum. Like, yeah, two that's two that stick out for me. If you want to boil it down to the clothes, Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like the corduroy suit and the headband with like the big aviator sunglasses. Yep, the jumpsuits. Um, the jumpsuits, and then uh, Steve Ziss- Zissou, mm-hmm. The Life Aquatic. With the the red beanie. Like, that's very, very iconic as well. And man, like, that's he's just another guy that is able to imbue films with a sense of like stylish purpose. And
1: it's just very pleasing to watch all of them. Yes. Even if you're not really into the storyline, like, even the animated one that he did that's uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I don't know what you call that. It's like stop- Stop motion. Stop motion. Yeah. Even that I enjoyed the hell out of because he knows how to make it visually appear, uh, appealing. With Darjeeling Limited, I was into the clothing, but I was really into that Louis Vuitton luggage that they were throwing around the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That was incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um. Let's see. What else you got?
1: I have um, Romeo and Juliet, the DiCaprio version. Ooh, that's a good one. Somebody did a capsule collection with and i I was just searching around for it, I can't seem to find it, but uh, they did a capsule collection of bringing back some of that imagery from that movie okay,
0: but that was I love that movie. Talk about ahead of its time, yeah, with all those for real with all those floral camp collar shirts mm-hmm. that they were all running around in yeah that that is a that is a very, very cool movie. Very stylish. Also,
1: the scene of one of my first dates ever was that when it first came out.
0: You went to see that, that as date. One of, Okay. Yeah. Nice. I think we're, was it sixth, seventh grade? Okay. So you probably didn't even watch the movie. No, that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was too big of a pussy to make any moves. so I was just sitting there watching the movie, you know, sweating. <laughs> Did
0: you at least go for the arm around the shoulder?
1: Uh, I think that we held hands. Yeah. Okay.
0: Handhold. Yeah, that's, that's good too. Yeah. yeah, young Phil making moves, young <laughs> young Philly cheesesteak out there, <laughs> out riding around and getting it. That's right, um, riding around in my mom's Camry, getting it. Yes, shouts to Camrys. All of Daniel Craig's Bond films. Oh yeah, these were mostly mostly he's in Tom Ford throughout these, but specifically, I mean, all of the suits are fantastic. Mm-hmm. He is all he always the tuxedo in Casino Royale stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Fantastic scene. When she's like, when she she gives him the tuxedo, and she's like, "I guess your or she's she guesses his measurements basically," <laughs> and she's like, "What like 40, wow. 40 regular?" and he's like, "How'd you know?" and she's like, "I sized you up the moment you walked on the train or something uh. like that." I don't know. She she nails his size. It's a perfect black. It's perfect tuxedo. Um, what are they doing with all those tuxes that he's rolling around in, getting shot in? Like after the after they wrap filming, they probably just put them in a box and ship them to the Smithsonian. Okay, or Something like them. that. Maybe some maybe Planet Hollywood has a couple of them. Well, we need to get our hands on one. So, uh, that, yeah. Th- this stands out to me as, this is a moment right here in Casino Royale for this tux because this was one of the first times that I saw on screen or that I saw or, or, or realized what a covered placket or a yeah. French placket mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And that you could do a tuxedo shirt that did not require studs by covering up the placket.
1: I'm all in. And, all in. I
0: have one and I wouldn't go back. Yeah. And that look, like I was obsessed with it yeah. from that moment forward. And I don't know. It's just like that. that's one of those. You want to talk about style moments in, in TV and film history that are just like burned in my brain. That's one of them. And I also don't think he, I'm pretty sure he does not wear either a cummerbund or a vest Either. love that too I so, think he, the so he less... essentially does he wears a tuxedo but he kind of wears it like a suit yeah and then does the covered placket shirt yeah. with a perfect bow tie and so it's just it's all that's phenomenal. all you need that, I think the less hardware and the less stuff that you have on with a tuxedo the better in um, my opinion I, in, in, in modern in the recent years I've been I've been going with a cummerbund you have I kind of like the tradition of it mm-hmm. and I don't know it just adds like it adds a little bit, it adds a little something to me. I don't know why, but I can take, I mean, I can, usually I can take it or leave it, but but I but I drop in the Cummerbund.
1: Somebody once told me that those are originally designed to catch crumbs because they have those
0: little. Um, then why didn't they call it the crummerbund?
1: <laughs> Maybe that was the original name.
0: <laughs> um, so that stands out to me. And then in Skyfall, if you want to get away from the suits, he basically goes into like this heritage British countryside look. For the second half of the movie, and it's all phenomenal. It's just, it's all like luxury Tom Ford and Barber and Filson type stuff, and it it looks awesome. If you've never seen Skyfall or Casino Royale, those are, those are, those are must watches. And, uh, let's see. Well,
1: speaking of suits. Yes. I also have on here all of the Oceans movies until they got into like current stuff. Um, I just I like so not Ocean's Eight. No, <laughs> you were not inspired by Rihanna's looks. Which in that oh movie? was it? no <laughs> God, I didn't watch that one. Um, no, anyway, back to like the old Ocean's movies, not the originals, but the ones that they redid with the the crew, Brad and mm-hmm. and the gang. But I don't know. I just love everything about all their looks throughout the movie. Um, even wait, you, know, you the...
0: do mean the modern ones, or you mean the old the originals? No, the modern ones. Okay, okay, okay. Not the ultra modern ones that they're redoing now. Where they're... they the only one they've there were the three oceans movies. Yeah, and then there was the oceans eight. That's all there's been in the modern. Okay, era. well yeah. let's stick with the three oceans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: I don't know. I like everything about it, even when they're dressed down. Um, yeah, I think he, Brad wears several. Camp collar like looks underneath a suit, and mm-hmm. some of those, um, and then also any any sort of. Anything that they're doing in that movie—that they're in the casino and they're dressed up—it's it, all done very well. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's definitely fun. That a lot of good, a lot of good, just a lot of good visuals in those movies mm-hmm. as well. And it man, I actually went back and rewatched that trilogy relatively recently, within the last year. Those movies are really really fun. Brad Pitt specifically, his looks are kind of wild. Like they yeah. don't, they're very of that kind of mid to early to mid 2000s era, mm-hmm. but he wears like a lot of shiny suits, kind of has like a, almost like a disco thing going on, but it's perfect for his character.
1: Yeah. He, of course he pulls it off. They, they posted, somebody today uh, posted uh, a, a photo of, of him and Leonardo DiCaprio um, on the red oh, carpet at Cannes. Yeah. And it is, uh, it's a look. I mean, they're in just black tuxes, but they look great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I it's... mean, all
1: these photos you see of like Leonardo just looking disheveled and like total shit vaping, <laughs> like in like a wife beater. Yeah,
0: with his like crazy haggard beard. Dude, and, like, he looks cargo shorts. terrible.
1: And then you see him on the red carpet. It's like, what the fuck? Like he pulls it all together. The guy cleans up pretty well. He cleans man. up. Um, did you ever watch True Blood? Yeah. Okay. for A few. I don't know how many seasons
0: it. Yeah. Was, so but... I, I, I wasn't a, I, I wasn't an avid viewer. I yeah, haven't seen a... like entire seasons of it. But I, I've seen enough, mm-hmm. and an ex-girlfriend really, really liked this. Really, really liked this show. And so I saw a lot. You know, I saw a lot, and I just know what the show looks like. You know what I mean? I've mm-hmm. seen, I, I've seen enough. And this was, you know, I, I I called suits a show for that was suiting pornography. True Blood is leather jacket pornography. Absolutely. <laughs> every single character yeah. in this show is wearing le- a dope ass uh, leather jacket. Yeah, in pretty much every single episode so that i would just i would i would just sit there and look at the leather jackets man everybody knows that i'm a leather jacket boy mm-hmm. and this was just getting to watch dozens of them strut across the screen
1: yeah i enjoyed like i think the first two seasons of that show and then um, after a while i got sick of it
0: and it's it's louisiana based so everybody's like very casual a lot of henleys a lot of good t-shirts underneath these jackets but it that, that stand that show stands out to me. I mean, it made me want to be a, a vampire, you know? <laughs> if what you get to do when you're a vampire is like, you know, it is is basically sleep with a bunch of beautiful chicks, wear dope leather jackets, and live forever, sign me sign me the hell up. Yeah. Put me on the list. <laughs> yeah. Um I also have I've got another kind of grouping here. It's the two movies that Tom Ford, the man himself, has directed Nocturnal Animals and a Single Man.
1: Oh wow, I didn't realize that.
0: Yes, both of them. I, really, all you need to know is that Tom Ford directed <laughs> both of them. But, but much, in, much like we, I talked about, um, Master of None, as like the the locations being characters mm-hmm. in Tom Ford's movies, the clothing are the the clothing is a character, right? Almost, mm-hmm. a single man especially stands out as as one that just has these incredible incredible looks um and then nocturnal animals kind of like gravitates more towards that this is just an incredibly stylish movie Mm -hmm. but again everybody looks pretty phenomenal the entire time which is not a surprise seeing as how one of you know our generation's foremost designers directed them and i'm sure had a hand in in wardrobe and and dressing these, these characters as well. Uh, last thing. No, I got two more things on my list. One, you mentioned um, Brad Pitt and Leo mm-hmm. at Cannes for the new Quentin Tarantino film. It's another guy that does stylish films. Yeah. The one I wanted to point out in particular is true romance. And I, when I think of this movie, I just, I think of like, kind of vintagey LA style. Mm-hmm. I think of peak pink hotel rooms and palm trees and floral shirts and so it just it stands out to me as like you know this kind of early 90s, late 80s you know Los Angeles cool yeah and so I, I've got it on the list. And then uh, the last one on my list is a TV show that I'd like to talk about more with you next week. I want to talk about Veep, the series as a whole. Great show. It's not something that we've been really able to address over on uh, Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, obviously. We've been kind of busy with another television show. But uh, one of the fi- one of my favorite things about the show is, the- is how they've styled Julia Louis-Dreyfus, yeah. especially in the recent seasons. She looks great in everything. She looks incredible mm-hmm. in everything that they put her in. And- it's very noticeable because she's basically, you know, it, the show is a satire. It's mm-hmm. a send up of of politics and the way that they style her and they clothe her, it's too designery. No, no person, no woman or man would ever look that good in that and wear that much design designer. They, they're all wearing super expensive stuff and like very designery stuff. But her stuff like usually just has like is a little bit is like a little too form fitting or has like too mm-hmm. long of a zipper or is a little too funky. You do you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the stuff that she wears is awesome and she looks fantastic in it. And for any other uh job that she could have
1: Yeah, you're saying for that particular it would, job
0: it would be incredible, but if, if you're running for president, yeah. <laughs> it's it's way too designery. Yeah it's yeah. way too fashionable, basically.
1: Yeah. You're you're elevating yourself way too much.
0: Yes, which is which is and And I know that that's a purposeful choice mm-hmm. that it it speaks to her to her character who doesn't care about anything but herself and <laughs> and her and c <laughs> to and, say the least yeah and her and her hunt for for power, yeah, that she always has to look that good uh-huh. that she always has to be decked out in like the finest best, coolest designer duds, and they like you know they're adjacent to what a presidential or senatorial candidate would wear, mm-hmm. but they they've they're over kind of the the realm of of like over the top they're over the top and like what what i don't know which season it was where she was wearing that ginormous
1: hat at that funeral (laughs) uh in england (laughs) i mean everything that they do on that show is so funny yes i was disappointed and i won't get into it but i was disappointed with the series finale we'll talk about it next week and uh but other than that love veep
0: all right man anything else on your list
1: no, we've covered it. I had the Godfather movies on here, but I mean, we've beaten suits down to death.
0: And that's oh, that's that was your. That I was just your think vin- that, that was your vintagey one.
1: Yes, because the way that they wear suits in the Godfather, um, it they just make it look so easy. Yeah, they do everything. They kill people in suits. <laughs> they go everywhere in a suit. And to me, um, I don't know. I love I love the styling of of the, all those
0: movies. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. Hey, you've heard me talk about Lisa mattresses before. I know you have. Whether you listen to this podcast or Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, you know that the key to having a better life is better rest. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed and to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you want to spend time in. You know, I love I, I love looking through the pages of GQ, and some of the coolest stuff I see is, like, really, really well-designed bedrooms with, you know, with cool platform beds and a cool uh, paint color on the wall and great art. But the most important thing in there is the mattress, and that's where Lisa comes in. Okay? They've got, obviously, their very, very popular multi-layer foam mattress that's made with premium foams for cooling, contouring, and pressure-relieving support. It's a great mattress. It's the standard Lisa mattress, but you can also go for the Sapira or the hybrid mattress. That's what I have. And it's a little bit more advanced. It's a luxury hybrid mattress. It's got those premium foams, but it also has springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge to edge support. It's thoughtfully designed as well and kind of gives you the best of both worlds. I've had my Lisa for a couple of years now, and I still love it just as much as I did on day one. It's the best mattress I've ever had. And Lisa is just a company that, that has been supportive of this podcast, and they're supportive of everybody out there. They, be, they believe that everybody should have access to deep rest and relaxation. They make it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. They donate one mattress for every 10 that they sell through organizations that work in great causes like foster care prevention. So to date, They've donated more than 33,000 mattresses. That number keeps ticking up. That's incredible. If you've noticed, if you've happened and noticed. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA. You get in-home delivery. Setup is available if you want it. There's also financing available. So, you know, if you don't wanna if if you don't wanna drop that entire wad of cash right up in one go, they got they got great financing options. Great option. Don't miss out. Live healthier, live happier by resting deeper. Order today, and you're going to get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash cool. Use promo code cool. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash cool. Use promo code cool. And, hey, don't forget, you also get a 100-night risk-free trial plus free shipping and free returns. So, you know, it's a win-win here. You got nothing to lose. Check them out. Lisa.com slash cool. Use promo code cool. Get 15% off any mattress. All right, Phil. We are back to wrap things up. Today, we told the story of how this podcast got started. Shouts to the original members of the Club Cool text group. And now, all of the original members of the Club Cool podcast following. And a special shout out to the original members of the Club Cool podcast Patreon account.
1: You're going to remember when you joined. Once again.
0: Incredible. Patreon.com slash Club Cool. It's $2 a month. Interact with Phil and I. Post questions. Talk about stuff. I'm going to do the links to my Essence sale picks. I might drop in a couple other sale picks there too. But it's probably easier if I just focus on one individual sale to start with. Um, Yeah, man. Good stuff coming there. Merch. Merch soon. New announcement hopefully next week. It's a big one. New pod sponsors maybe coming up soon. She's got a whole bunch of stuff in the works. You got anything else for us? Um, no, you can follow me on Instagram though. If Where can you, we if do that? If you'd like to, how do we do that?
1: Uh, Instagram.com is the website, it's new.
0: Okay, heard of
1: it. Uh, go to search and then you'll search for PB tag.
0: There, PB tag, PB as in peanut butter. Uh-huh. A-T-T-A-G. Uh huh, A T T A G. Correct. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at clubcoolpod.com. You know, just a whole bunch of cool stuff. Speaking of Game of Thrones and Essence, Macy Williams just did a whole editorial and interview with Essence. She's nailing a bunch of looks, or Luke, or Luke's, as we would say. (laughs) L-E-W-K-S on there. She's out there, man. Uh, Just posted one of hers on the Instagram. All good stuff there. You can follow me on my personal accounts, at Barrett Dudley. That's two R's, two T's. Twitter and Instagram. And... uh, that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Phil will be able to tell us about his his final installment of the tattoo. Yeah, I'll post some stuff uh, while I'm away. And we'll talk about the the VEEP series as a whole and I'm sure we'll have some other some other dub stuff too, or yeah, tight stuff, or sweet stuff. All of the above. All of the above. All right. We'll see you guys. Bye. Bye-bye.